Hello, fellow ink drinkers, and welcome back to the Blind Girls Book Talk podcast. I'm Belle. And we are two legally blind sisters who love reading and love books. And so what we've done is we've created this show in order to talk about that. We talk about a wide variety of bookish topics, and that can range from bad retellings of stories, book to movie adaptation comparisons, buddy reads, recent reads, bookish challenges. Really, the list does go on and on. And today what we're doing is we're doing another one of our book-to-movie comparisons. Now, we had originally planned to do Pride and Prejudice and Zombies for today's book-to-movie comparison. However, we couldn't find the book, and it had been quite some time since I have read it. So instead, what we decided to do was we decided to check out The Devil Wears Prada. Now, we, of course, have seen the movie a fair amount I would say I've seen it like a handful of times. Belle says she has seen it a little bit more, right? Yes. I didn't know that it actually was based on a book. So that was news to me. So I decided that I would listen to the audiobook, and Belle said that she would rewatch the movie just to make sure she remembered everything. As with all book to movie comparisons, there will be spoilers, so you are warned. And what we'll do is we'll start by going over the movie first, and then we'll go and talk about how the book's different. So, without further ado, Belle, let's talk about the movie. Okay, movie. So, a girl, her name is Andrea, mm-hmm. but everybody calls her Andy. And she, like, has horrible fashion sense, but she's a recent graduate, and she wants to be a journalist. So she can only get a job at, like, this fashion place under Miranda. I can't think of her last name. Priestley. Yep, that. And it's, like, a job that millions of girls would kill for, but Andy gets it. And, like, she's kind of sucks at it because she's not, like, the normal girls. But, like, Miranda treats her horribly at first and everything else. And then... She gets help. She befriends the senior assistant, Emily. And then she gets help from Nigel, the art director, artistic director. I forget his actual title. But Nigel helps her. And Emily does too along the way. And they, like, completely revamp Andy. So, like, you know, she's, like, now wearing, like, fancy clothes and has style and and that type of thing. And because of that, then Miranda starts giving her, like, tougher jobs. Like, I remember, like, one of her things was that she had to get the last Harry Potter book for Miranda's daughters mm-hmm. to read on the train. But the book wasn't out yet. So, like, she had to, like, somehow get the manuscript for the daughters. But, like, giving her impossible tasks. And, I mean, there's other things that happen, such as there's a lot of, like, dieting and all Mm -hmm. that within the movie and such. But then they go to Paris and Andy learns about Miranda's 
impending divorce. And then Nigel tells Andy that he accepted a job as some higher thing for another competitor. And then, like, she comes to find out that, like, they're pretty much trying to usurp Miranda. Mm. Like, everybody's, like, trying to, like, overthrow her as queen of, like, the fashion industry, I guess. Andy tries to tell Miranda, but, like, it doesn't. Like, she kind of pushes Andy to the side and whatever. Then, like, Miranda announces somebody else is a creative director to Holt, which is the job that Nigel was to get. And so, like, there's that whole thing. And Andy's kind of mad at Miranda for it. And the movie really much just ends with, like, Miranda's like, well, who wouldn't want this? Who wouldn't want this life? Who wouldn't want this job? Who wouldn't want to be famous? And Andy's just like, me, and just walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it had been a while since I've seen the movie, and I forgot about all the stuff that happens with Nigel. (laughs) Yeah, there's also like a sub... So you have the stuff between Andy and Miranda, that's the main plot. Mm -hmm. And then you have the subplot with Nigel. And then you have the sub-subplot between her and her boyfriend. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not important. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. So, I am going to have to touch on some of the subplot stuff. So, you are going to have to set me straight on some of that. Okay? So, just so you know. Okay. So, book-wise. Okay. Just, like, a first thought. There are a lot of things that are kind of similar, but also different in the book. So, like, for example, do we remember what Andy's boyfriend's name is? Oh, boy. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, my gosh. I can picture the guy who who plays him. I can picture him, too. Is it Nate? It might be. I don't know. I think it's Nate. Uh, Don't quote me 100% because I ignored most of that. Okay, well, it's different in the book. If it truly is Nate, it is Alex in the book. And I don't think it was Alex in the movie. Okay, there's nobody named Alex in the movie. I'm 95% sure of that. Yeah. So, in the movie, he wanted to be a chef? Yeah! Okay, no, that's Nate. Yeah, the sous chef. Okay, so... His name is Alex in the book, and he is a elementary school teacher. Which is hugely different, but okay. And so, like, Andy had always wanted to work in magazines. She wanted to work at The New Yorker. And she happened to, you know, get the job at Runway. And everybody's like, oh, a million girls would kill for that job. And so she's like, a million girls would kill for this job. But, like, before she went to get the job, she, like, had traveled around the world for a bit, which the movie doesn't open up there. So it was kind of like... That's weird. Andy? Mm-hmm. No, no, because the whole thing with the movie is that, like, she's, like, broke. Yeah, so it was essentially, she graduated from college. She was like, I'm going to go travel the world, and she did for, like, little money. And then she came back, and she is broke. So she's like, I got to get a job. So she happens to get the job at Runway. So in the movie, I feel like... She starts around like summertime or something or like maybe spring. And in the book, she actually starts around Thanksgiving. Thing that's similar but different. So when it is the holidays, 
Miranda is not in the office. Like she like leaves before Thanksgiving and she's gone until like after New Year's. Like she's gone for like two months. And they're like in France and England and like all of these different places. And Andy is getting her training from Emily while Miranda is away. And, like, there's, like, this huge thing about, like, Christmas presents. Like, they have to wrap all of these, like, bottles of fancy wine or champagne or it's something. I don't know what it is. And, like, they all have to be wrapped in this certain way so that way they can be mailed out, like, to go, like, the next day somewhere. Like, it's, like, this whole thing. And they have to do, like, hundreds and hundreds of bottles of this stuff. Plus, they have to unwrap presents that Miranda gets so that way they can decide whether Miranda gets the gift or they give it away or, like, you know. So, like, that happens. And it's really, really weird. (laughs) Yeah, no, that doesn't happen in the movie. Like, she's hired and then, like, for, like, a day or so, like, a couple days, like, Miranda isn't there or something. And then she just shows up. Yeah, no, in the book, it is definitely, like, this huge thing that she's, like, kind of learning the ropes a bit from Emily, like, when Miranda's not there. And so then, how you said about, like, there's stuff about dieting, like, there is that kind of stuff in there. There is a Nigel character, but the Nigel character is almost split between two characters. One of them is named Nigel, But there's another one, and I think his name was James, I want to say. And James is the one who does more of what Nigel does. Like, he essentially brings a bunch of clothes to Andy and is just like, hey, here's clothes. Take them. Because if you don't, you're going to get fired. And this is like months later. But another thing that's like a huge difference is that Andy kind of has a really bad attitude in the book. She hates Miranda and she hates what she has to do. But like how in the book she's like, okay, this is my job. Like it like she gets mad like away from work. But like when she's at work, she's like, okay, this is my job. Like I've got this. She starts to get like snippy with Emily sometimes because like when she's running to like get coffees, like she'll run to get a coffee. She'll bring it back. Miranda's like, coffee's not hot enough. Go back and get another coffee. And so like, she'll be angry and she'll be like on her way, but she'll also be like, as she's running, she'll be like calling her friend or calling her boyfriend or something. And then Emily's calling her and is like, you know, why aren't you back? Like, I know how long it takes. Like you should be able to be back. And Andy's just like, of course, like, of course she thinks that's what it should be. And it's just like this really weird dynamic, which isn't in the movie. Like, it's kind of in the movie at the beginning of their relationship. But like, no, this is like months in. Like, this is when Miranda is back. And there is the thing with like the Harry Potter book. Like, that's there. But like, I don't know. But also... Miranda is a little more human in the movie, I think, than in the book, which is shocking. But the, I was about to say that's shocking because in the movie, like she's like a robot. So like there are moments in the movie, like and especially towards the end, as like Miranda is seeing that Andy can do her job and like that kind of thing where she's just kind of like there is kind of this approval, if that makes sense. 
There is never approval from Miranda in the book. Like, not once ever. Everything is always wrong. It's never done right. Absolutely not. And even when they're in Paris, where in the movie they're actually kind of bonding a little bit, the only bonding there is is that they're on their way back from a party. And Miranda's like, well, you know, your year's almost up. What what did you want to do? And she's like, well, I, I'd really like to work it you know, the New Yorker. And Miranda's like, well, I know a lot of people there. All right, well, if you continue to go do a good job, then, you know, I'll consider putting in a good word or something like that. But, like, that's it. And then she's like, you remind me of me when I was younger. Like, she says that at one point in time. Well, she says that at the end of the movie. Yes, but, like, I'll get to the end because the end is very different. So then there's also stuff with Andy's friend and Andy's best friend like gets arrested for like public indecency and like drunken disorderly and like she has a drinking problem, which that is definitely not in the movie. Like I think the best friend in the movie shows up like once and that's it. In the book, she is a lot more prevalent and like that's just like a whole thing that's happening it's really weird and then andy does get called out for her attitude from emily which is kind of fun to see because like emily like they're not friends in the movie and they're not really friends in the book either but there is a little bit more camaraderie i think between the two in the book because there are times when like you know, they'll just be like asking each other, like when Miranda's on the phone, what does she want? What's going on? Like that kind of thing. And after they get off the phone, she'll be like, you know, oh, my goodness, she's such a, a witch. I can't, you know, this is just crazy. She treats us all like crap. Like this is horrible. But there was one time when when Emily to Andy was just like, listen, I know you think this is above you, but it's not. Like, suck it up, deal with it, and do your job. Because if you're not doing your job, it's making my job harder. And I was kind of like, you know what, Emily? Yes, because Andy has had such a bad attitude throughout this entire thing. Like, I know that it's, like, demeaning to, like, do that kind of assistant work. But, like, gosh darn. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot. So there's like this one time that they're going through like Miranda's mail and they get a she gets a lot of fan mail and Andy finds one from this girl from I think like New Jersey. And this girl is just like, I love runway like I adore it. You know, I, I love the work that you do. I wish I had something as beautiful as like the clothes that you show. Like it's this really kind of like heartfelt, but also shallow at the same time letter. But it strikes a chord with Andy and Andy's just like, okay, I'll think about something to do with it. But then it, it's kind of forgotten for a while. And so then Emily gets sick. Emily can't go to the Paris. That's, you know, the same Andy was supposed to go to like her college homecoming with her boyfriend like they he had had made all these plans and had everything set up 
And so she finally tells him, like, hey, I have to go to Paris. And he's just kind of like, I can't believe after all of this that you put me through and blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, I'm going to get fired if I don't go. Like, what do you want me to do? And essentially, it ends with him being like, we need to take a break. She's like, fine, whatever. So she goes to Paris. She's running on like two hours of sleep. Miranda's running her ragged. And... Miranda then comes up to her and is like, hey, I have these friends who they are hosting this party. They have a son. He wants company. You're coming along. And Andy's like, "Okay." so she goes and handsome writer dude is the one who like shows up at the door and he's like hey Andy and he like kisses her and he's like fancy seeing you here and like is kind of like flirty and Andy's just like yeah I have to babysit some kid and he's just like uh no you don't because the person who asked for your company is me I am the son (laughs) so like she has a good time at this party They go back to the hotel. That's when, like I said earlier, Miranda and her have this like slight conversation that's somewhat human-like, but not really. And then Andy gets back to the hotel and she has messages from her ex-boyfriend and her parents. So she calls her parents back and they're like, your best friend was in a really bad car accident. She was driving drunk. Uh, She's in a coma right now. So she's like, oh, my gosh. So they're like, you know, just let us know what you're doing. Like, you need to make a decision on what you need to do. And she's like really torn about this. And she then has to get up early the next day to go to like a fashion show with Miranda. So she does. And Miranda is like running her ragged and like making her do all these things like in the middle of the show. And like Andy steps out for like two seconds to like smoke And Miranda, like, happens to see she's not there and calls her and starts freaking out, like, where are you? Why aren't you here? Blah, 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 blah. So then Miranda walks over to her and is just like, you know, you need to be here and blah, 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 blah. And Miranda does know that Andy's friend was in a car accident. And she's just like, I'm very disappointed in your behavior and, like, all this stuff to Andy. And Andy's like, you know what? F you. (laughs) And legit, like, leaves. So Emily calls her, like, as she's, like, driving away from the fashion show. And it's just like, yeah, you're fired. (laughs) And Andy's like, yeah, okay, that's great. I figured as much. So she flies back. She, like, sees her best friend. She kind of works it out with her ex. And they officially break up. And then... She ends up writing like a few like short stories and ends up selling them to magazines. The end of the book is her kind of starting to find her way. And like she sold all the fancy clothes that she had at Runway. So that way she can have like a little bit of like money. She also had like one fancy dress left that she sent to like the girl who sent the fan mail. Like so that girl can like think that Miranda Priestly cares when Miranda priestly cares about no one but miranda doesn't get divorced (laughs) so like there's that yeah and there's no there's nothing about like a promotion for nigel or nothing like that 
it's just Miranda is spiteful and Andy leaves before her year is up, but she finds her way through. Yeah, in the movie, she ends up with a job at the New Yorker. She doesn't have one at the New Yorker. She's just, I think she's just selling short stories. I think there is more to, like, there is, like, a series about this. Because I think there was one that's, like, Revenge in Prada or something like that. That Audible was just like, since you read this, here's the next up in your series. And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't know who this follows, but absolutely not. Mm -mm. Not for me. So, like... Overall, it's one of those things where the movie kind of follows the book. I think it's the movie starts out following the book and then just diverges on its own path to make the ending happier. Yeah. Well, I mean, the end of the the book is also uplifting. But, like, I feel like in the movie it does humanize Miranda a little bit. Whereas there is no humanization, like, at all. Like, Miranda is just a witch, like, through and through and through and through. Mm-hmm. As much as I liked the movie because I love Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. and, like, I liked the attitude that that movie has, mm-hmm. I was never really a fan of it. Yeah. And I, I think can... it's because, again, th- this is my thing with a lot of things and why I don't like a lot of things. And, th- again, my opinion, nobody come from me is that I'm very much a person that's like, you should never have to change yourself for anything. Mm -hmm. I have always been that way, and I will continue to be that way. Unless I am changing myself for myself, I'm not changing. Like, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. And, like, in the movie, like, Andy pretty much changes her entire self. Mm -hmm. Like, with the... She then starts the dieting and the fancy clothes and... Being who they all want her to be. And I'm just like, nope. Mm-mm. Well, see, and there. I also feel personally attacked because I definitely dress how Andy, beginning of the movie, dresses. <laughs> so I'm attacked. Well, see, and like for the dieting, they mention how like nobody eats there. Like Andy's like, you know, nobody eats and like this kind of thing. But like the only thing that Andy like eats, if she does eat, is like a cup of soup. Like that's all she'll be able to like eat quickly because there that's the only place there's no line for food because the chef like doesn't make the soup diety and the cashier like the first time she bought soup was just like oh you know you're gonna put on a lot of weight eating that <laughs> like she's just like I just lost ten pounds because I got like some sort of parasite from india like i don't care and like like literally if she does eat like that's all she'll eat otherwise she just smokes and drinks diet coke like you know well, that's totally healthy yeah exactly we do not recommend doing that no and like that's my thing like I don't know. It's really weird because I do remember in the book or in the movie her like, you know, actually dieting. And yeah, like, it was like a whole scene between her and her boyfriend that like he made her her favorite, which was grilled cheese. And like she's like, no, throw it away. Like, I, I can't, can't eat, eat it. it. Yeah. And like she doesn't take it that far. Like she doesn't diet. But like she still is down 10 pounds from when she like you know, had the thing, but she's still considered like heavy 
by like all of the runway people's thoughts, I guess, which like she was like a size six. And I'm just like, no, like, no, nah, no, nah, this is like I get the fashion industries like that, but like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in terms of that, the book is more like Andy tries to stay more truthful to herself. Yeah, because like because in the in the movie, like she's like completely like. No, yeah. I must do this. Yeah, I, no. I must be who they want me to be. And you don't got to do that. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. Like, there are times that I like Andy in the book because she like doesn't kind of like completely become brainwashed like Andy in the movie does. So I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's really weird because it's like some of it's similar. Some of it is very different. And it's interesting to see where it kind of diverges, especially with humanizing Miranda. I think that's like a huge thing that diverges. Is the book through Andy's perspective? Yes. OK, yeah, I think that's the difference on why it helps human. the movie helps humanize Miranda, because like in the movie, like they show like secret smiles that Miranda gives to Andy. Like they show those type of things to humanize her. But if it's through Andy's perspective, Andy wouldn't see it because mm-hmm. it's always when her back was turned. Mm-hmm. So I think that also works on how much more Miranda's humanized yeah in the movie yeah all right well i think that about sums it up for our book to movie comparison of the devil wears prada of course if you like this episode if you like what you've been listening to please consider following the podcast and sharing the episode with your friends it really would help us to grow the show and we would appreciate the support those actions would give now what are we going to be talking about next time a bad retelling of Jane Eyre? Ah, okay. That's the plan. We'll see if it happens. So, yeah. Listen, guys, we are very much flying by the seat of our pants. Well, and we have tried to record a bad retelling of Jane Eyre before. That and went horribly awry. It went horribly awry. <laughs> so Jane Eyre might be cursed. So we'll find out. If that's not the ex- next episode. Yep. You're, you're never getting that episode. Yep. Yep. So we will see you guys next time then. Bye. Bye.